Well, Dave and Willa were excited about their special lobster hunting location. No one else thought to dive there because the visibility was so poor, but they were going to catch their limit in only two very easy dives. That sounds like so much fun, just jumping into nasty old water. (laughs) (laughs) Can't can't see anything, shoving your hand in cracks, hoping it's a lobster you grab. The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando. everybody welcome back to the great dive podcast you're here with your lobster bisque brando <laughs> and your jambalaya james jambalaya james coming There's, at you those are really shrimp in there though but right it's not it's not so much lobster i guess you could put lobster well, but it's, in it's uh but but it's uh, yeah there is shrimp shrimp in the jambalaya but you never know during lobster lobster fest Lobster jambalaya. You, you might make some. They might have some lobster jambalaya down there. There you go. I wish I could do a little Cajun because I can't. But there are certain certain dialects, accents, languages I just stay away from because I destroy them. I. It's not even. It's not even like humorous. It's like an insult to their whole culture. This. That's exactly why I don't even attempt the Zimbabwe click language. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily. We don't have a clicking language today. Well, maybe we should start. But one. maybe, but maybe if uh, these two divers had some underwater clickers, there we go. Maybe they'd annoy a bunch of people. Been a <laughs> this could have been a different. This could have been a different lesson for life. I don't know. I don't think those things. You know, do they get someone's attention? Yes, because sound travels. But do you know where? Do you know where to go with it? You could actually go in the opposite direction for for a uh, quite a while. <laughs> That's Morse code. Hey, Brando. It's Morse code. What's he trying to say? <laughs> Lassie, go get help. Put the dog bone down. <laughs> what? What is it? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I said, pick the dog bone no. up. <laughs> you screwed it all up. Lassie. Pay attention. Listen. Listen closely. Mm. Yeah. See? It's, a easy, I didn't, it's easy to confuse. I, didn't, <laughs> I clearly didn't say. <laughs> you hear the difference? I do. I do. Now, can our, can our listeners hear the difference? That's the question. Lessons for life. Sinking like a stone, my man. Sinking oh. like a stone. Good lesson. Good lesson for life. 
Should should you sink like a stone? It's generally not a good idea. Right. It's, I mean, there's times when you want to get down fast. So you'll drop all your gas, sink, and, and move quick just because of the environment that you're in. But I think that that's a big difference than just... Sinking like a stone. Sinking like a stone. Yeah. It sounds like he's you know, out of control. Well, I think that's the, the key word there is it's a matter of control. Right. And if you, if you sink like a stone purposely because... You want to get to the bottom quick. I mean, there's times where we'll even get on a scooter and trigger down to get down as fast as possible. Be careful. Be careful. Now you're Boy. now you're talking my lingo. <laughs> um, but that's you're not supposed to than, do that. Then uh, somebody describing how you and they parted ways, yes. and they were sinking like a stone. stone, and you were not so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it goes back to that control thing, which is rule number two in our list of rules. Uh, we won't tell them. And we'll, I guess we could put out rule six. I always like rule six. It's very, it's well known, I think, by this time. Rules, yeah, rule I six. think rule six is a classic rule that everybody should know. Always look cool. You always make it, look make cool. sure you, at the very least, whether you're full of shit or not, at least look the part. Fake it till don't, you make don't it. Don't look. Yeah, don't look. <laughs> If you're going to be a bumbling idiot, at least don't look like one too. Like at least look like you're at least look like you're trying to look good and, and know what you're doing. At the very least. And hopefully like you just said, you fake it until you make it. Yes, there is there is something to be said for for trying to appear like you know what you're doing because actually when you try to appear, you do actually accomplish Knowing what you're doing to a certain degree, yeah. Exactly. Well, it's because you're 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 making that conscious effort to right. to look good. And why are you looking good? You're looking good for a reason. And if it's it's just to look good for a picture, at least that means you're aware of how you should look. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. But I think rule two, rule two two needs to be given because that's what triggered the whole rule thing is. This is about rule two. This sinking like, sinking like a stone thing. The rule two, which is you are always in control of your buoyancy. Always. Always. I don't like to use absolutes. I never like to use any absolutes ever, forever. But this is a good, <laughs> if you're going to pick an absolute, this, this is, is a good one to take. This is a great absolute. This is the most incredible absolute there ever was. You're always in control of your buoyancy. Exactly. Meaning if you need to be positively buoyant because you're waiting for the boat to pick you up. You're, Nailed it. You're, you're consciously in control of being positively buoyant. Mm -hmm. If you're at the bottom swimming, neutral. On your descent, negative. You're, but you're in control of it. You're, you're in control of it. I would say you're, you're really you're, you're neutral on that descent and you're just manipulating your breathing to sink. Yeah. So that you really can, with a, with, with a correction of your breath... Stop get, your get descent. Get control of that descent. Exactly. Yeah. I guess we could, we could nitpick it down to, you know, at some point you have to be negative to sink. So when you exhale, you're, you begin your sinking phase. But, yeah. Well, that was, which is very different than dumping all your gas to become negative to plummet. 
like a stone. Like a stone. Exactly. Like, like a rolling what we stone? Have, like a... <laughs> Like a rolling stone. A plummeting <clears throat> like, a, like a sinking stone. <laughs> Papa was a sinking stone. Did they, is that where the song came from? Papa was a it sinking was. stone. Many people don't know that. <clears throat> they changed it in the studio. Wherever he laid his, his mask was his home. Because <laughs> Papa was a sinking stone. Because Papa was a sinking stone. <laughs> no. No. Well, that, this Papa is... was a sinking stone is Motown. It's not country. Come on. <laughs> Well, this is, this is, this is not country either. This is not Motown. This is Florida, bitches. This is lobster season, and this is Willa and her friend Dave. Willa, Willa, Willa May, Willa May, Davy, Davy Bones, Davy Day, Davy Bones. What about old Davy? Again, a great name for a dive center, old Davy Bones. There you go. Shout out to the. Folks. Crew listening over at Davy Bones. Old Davy Bones. Well, Dave and Willa were excited about their special lobster hunting location. No one else thought to dive there because the visibility was so poor, but they were going to catch their limit in only two very easy dives. That sounds like so much fun, just jumping into nasty old water. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't see anything, shoving your hand in cracks. Hoping it's a lobster you grab. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't stick your hand in moray hole. <laughs> I was going to say, sounds like a, in, a one-night stand a, after a drunken evening. <laughs> <laughs> that foggy-eyed wake-up. <laughs> what, what did when, I do? When visibility returns. You didn't get any lobsters. You got crabs. <laughs> Willa was tired and out of breath when they reached the descent marker. <laughs> well, of course she was. But she knew it would be better on the bottom. It always is. She let the air out of her BC and quickly dropped out of sight. It's a, that's an she, idea for a t-shirt, James. It'll be better on the bottom? It's better on the bottom. There you great go. Dive like po- the Great Dive Podcast. It's better on the bottom. It's better on the bottom. Wait, hold Send on. Tiffany. Your, uh, Tiffany, get over here. T- Tiffany. Write this down. <laughs> Put it on the website. While you're at send it. Your, send your $25 to Great Dive Podcast for your better on the It's Better on the Bottom t-shirt. You're better on the bottom swag. When she hit the sand, she tried to take a breath. Guess what? Nothing. Guess what, Brando? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing came out. Interesting. She forgot to turn her gas on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb. I'm going to go out on a branch of coral elkhorn coral and say she forgot to turn on her gas now why now why in would she forget to turn on her gas she's going scuba diving (laughs) well she's uh she's gonna it's a a shallow easy dive they're just going down to catch their limit of lobster in two easy dives why would she not turn on her gas because they're easy dives they're easy dives i don't need to do my normal accurate very Discipline checks. I'm just going to jump in. They're easy. What could go wrong? Well, maybe you should learn a little bit about who this diver Willa actually was. Oh, here before we go. You make, before you make <clears throat> such an assumption that she would just jump in the water on oh. an easy dive and not turn her air on. Okay. Willa was the daughter of a... Willa was only the greatest... She was Wonder Woman. 
What? Okay, go on. I'm not going to let you talk, Alan. Go ahead. Willa had been diving on and off for more than 10 years, Brando. On and off. I stand corrected. Would an on and off diver just <laughs> neglect to turn on a tank valve? Maybe she didn't apply the on and off to her valve. Some years, she dived frequently. In others, just a few times. But she always made it in the water for lobster season. Yes, with her gas turned on. Always. <laughs> Except this one time. This is why I don't like to use absolutes. <laughs> always. Except for this one time. <laughs> <laughs> Which negates the always. Now you can't use the word always. Well, she and her dive buddy Dave had long ago discovered a special spot where it was easy to find all the lobsters they wanted. Willa was 44 years old with no known medical conditions. So, Describe her. What did she look like? She was a brunette. Brunette. Ah, nice. Now your interest is perked, <laughs> isn't it? Well, you could have said anything and my interest would have been... <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of the hair color of, of, a, of a woman that I'm like, oh, no, that ain't going to. She was a sandy blonde. Perfect. <laughs> Go on, try something else. <laughs> <laughs> she had one hazel eye and one dark brown eye. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> exactly. My dream girl. Willa, Willa <laughs> let, me, let me describe your dream girl. You ready? Willa, Willa was alive. Perfect. <laughs> Willa was alive and had a barely, pulse. barely, but alive. Clammy gray skin. Perfect. Beautiful. She, Willa had a pulse she, and could and her body could metabolize oxygen into carbon dioxide. Don't forget the sideburns. <laughs> Beautiful. The first dive of the day had been uneventful. Buddies had filled their collection bags to make it to the surface within moments of each other. The visibility in their secret spot was normally low, but it was even worse today. The wind chop was stirring the surface in the shallow location. The poor viz made it difficult to stay in contact with each other, but they reasoned it didn't matter that much. They each knew... <coughs> they each knew what the other was doing. And they were, and they were in less than fifteen feet of water. Pretty easy to get overconfident. So you like we go through our our little routine, and a lot of dives, we don't have to express. For example, the gas plan. We've done this dive a million times. We all know the rock bottom. We know we're gonna do you know our normal ascent. We know our our bottom times. So we either casually glance over it or we just, okay, same plan kind of thing, and, and go do it. Sometimes it's not even mentioned. So it's easy to get complacent. You know what I'm saying? I, I guess it's just when you're doing the same thing over and over and over, you, you tend to say, okay, I don't need to do the, the small details because it's understood. We've, are, you know, we've done this a million times. I don't need to do it again. Which might be where the complacency, I mean, that's the idea of complacency, isn't it? You, something you've done a million times and you say, well, either it's understood or assumed. I guess that's where we go with complacency. It's assumed, sure. right? The, the, the assumption of, of knowing what's going on, right? Right. 
or the assumption that, yeah, my gas is on. It must be on. It's always on. Every time I've done this dive, it's been on. I've never dove this dive without turning my gas exactly. on. Of course it's on. Exactly. And uh, it's easy to do. I mean, unless unless you you know basically program brainwash yourself, you always check your gas. Always. That's where an absolute comes in. Yeah, because and there's certain things like you were mentioning that can that you can ease over, like you and I doing the same dive that we've always done, you know, so many times, getting back in for our little practice dives. Right. Um, we might not have to sit there and go through checklist point by point by point by point of, you know, we are going to. 46 feet right the dive for plan. our max depth yeah. our no decompression limit is gonna be uh our bottom time is gonna be right our turn pressure on today is gonna be we might not have to physically say that to each other but at the same time it's not ignored in and disregarded right it's still at the forefront of our brains and our minds Right and the biggies and, and there's some things that you're you're never not doing you're, you're like we're is as, as routine as some dives are for you and I right there's still a procedure when we get in the water of making sure the gas is all on that mm-hmm. we're not leaking that everything that we would use to to donate gas in emergency is fully usable and deployable none of that stuff is ever assumed. Right. Yeah. Getting into the water without checking your gas period is, is a little, it's a hard one to, to comprehend, but I know people have done it. People have accidentally fall, fallen in the water with their gas off. And I mean, I, uh, I, when you brought up this story and sunk like a stone, immediately my mind goes back to uh, an incident back in around 2005, 2004, maybe, uh, out near Catalina. A uh, guy on a Zodiac, guy and a girl, husband-wife team, were uh, driving their Zodiac out, hitting the waves. They had full gear on, sitting on the sides. Hit a big wave, guy fell over. No gas on, overweighted, died. Yeah, couldn't Yeah, couldn't reach his valve, didn't have his valve on. Probably never practiced a valve drill on a single tank, which is pretty common, you know? Right. And well, to, it's very common. Uh, most people don't understand the the concept of of being able to reach back and manipulate a single tank valve on your own. It's I would say the overwhelming majority of divers that's a job for your buddy to do behind you, or that's a job for the dive master to right. do behind you. That it doesn't even register as something that you should be able to do in the water for a very likely impossible event like you just described mm-hmm. you know you get on a a liveaboard dive boat you get on the the little inflatables that are going to take you from the the main boat over to the actual dive site very likely something like that could happen easy to happen right yeah. so yeah it, it should be one of those you know i never not check my valves but it's easy to do yeah, yeah. Um, Goes back to training. They had dived together many times and weren't worried about being separated underwater. Between dives, they talked about their favorite ways to cook the lobsters they caught and made plans to invite friends over for a big party. We're not inviting Ron. Ron's not invited. 
Heidi's cool. Lover, great gal. Ron. He eats all the lobster. He doesn't share. He keeps going back seconds, thirds, fourths. Like, nobody else matters. I know he's from Utah. He doesn't get around to eat lobster often. He's always into the brine shrimp. He loves brine shrimp for some reason. But you're just mad because he drank all your beer last year. (laughs) I could, you know, I had that IPA ordered and flown in. Heidi brought you a shrimp salad. Of course she did. She'll bring another one. It's going to be a goddamn brine shrimp salad. That's not a real shrimp salad. <laughs> I can't eat that. That's disgusting. What is? What do they think I am? Some kind of a, 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 a whale? What? I'm not eating brine shrimp. We're bringing lobster to the table. We're inviting them for lobsters. They're bringing a brine shrimp salad. I just want you to think about that for a minute. These, these two are not equal. They're not even close. It's her grandmother's recipe. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. I, and again, I have no qualms with Heidi, but Ron in the goddamn brine shrimp in exchange for, you've seen how many lobsters he eats. Luckily, we found this, this secret spot because we would get none. To get to their lobster spot, the buddies made a shore entry and then swam out on the surface to a marker buoy where they began their dive. To make it easier to stay underwater at a shallow dive site. She overweighted herself. Am I right? Of course you're right. Of course. Willa was carrying a, a little bit of extra weight. How much a little extra weight would you carry to stay down on the dive site? Probably 16 to 20 pounds extra. 20, 20 <laughs> extra pounds of lead. Perfect. I'm Not only will I stay down. <laughs> I'll stay down forever. I'll, I'll be... Two feet into the mud. <laughs> wow, 20 extra pounds. That's that's significant. You ever well, try to way, swim up 20 pounds? It's no joke. No, it's no joke. To swim up 20 negative pounds. She didn't want to have to worry about floating up and down with each breath or when waves passed overhead. Of course not. I didn't want to f- worry about floating up and down, period. Ever. I don't like to use absolutes ever. (laughs) Before the second dive, Willa and Dave assembled their gear and then pulled their wetsuits back on. The air was warm, so they immediately donned their scuba units and entered the water to swim to the buoy. The surf and wind had picked up during the surface interval, making the surface swim harder. Willa swam to the buoy on her back. Because of the extra lead she was carrying, her BC was completely full. The pressure from the jacket-style BC made it hard for her to take a deep breath as she swam. So she's she's building the CO2 up as well, which isn't good. Yeah, definitely not good. You, You... We kind of had a little bit of a discussion about this last night there for a little bit about having like a mental awareness and a, and a way to breathe that brings a calm and a clarity to prep you for a dive, right? To really get into the mental zone and the mental space. And I see time and time again with a lot of these accidents that we look at is that's one of the telltales is People are getting ready for a dive already out of control with their breathing. Right. 
And then, like we're going to see here, is they're getting their asses kicked on the surface so bad that the answer so many times is just get underwater. Yeah. You know, the thing go goes back to training a lot. A lot of things, if they're not brought up to the students they're left to their own devices to figure that stuff out, and sometimes they never figure it out. And this is where having an instructor with experience really helps because in the book it doesn't say really, you know, hey, you're getting the shit kicked out of you, submerge. Hey, uh, you know, ha- they may talk about, you know, don't be thinking about the iron left on at home when you're diving, but, but that's just a sentence in a book really. Versus an instructor elaborating on, like, what you would say to an open water student. Like, the visual, you know, visualize the dive, calm, get your breathing together, you know, get into that flow. Start talking a little bit, I don't know what the word is, uh, etherically or whatever. Start talking about, okay, there's a, there's a uh, psychological aspect of diving of being in the dive, not somewhere else in your head. And when you're that way, you do not, I should say, you do not have the higher chance of forgetting things like turning your gas on. You know what I'm saying? And also, Yeah, uh, exactly. Know. Well, because you've got that, you have that calm and you have that clarity. Right, the clarity is and, the word. And, and, the, yeah. and, the, and the, the likelihood that you could be going scuba diving and have a valve not turned on properly is likely, whether it's because of your own mistake, somebody else turning a valve that you didn't see, you know, mm-hmm. thinking it was something that it wasn't, you know, a lot of stuff is behind you. You, you might not know what's going on. So being in that flow of being able to really grab and manipulate all of your equipment, even so much as, you know, you, you see people, you know, tap their pockets like, yeah, there's something in my pocket is different than touching a pocket on my right leg, knowing exactly what I have in there. Right. Right. Yeah. Versus what's on my left pocket. And, and just being clear with your breathing is going to allow you to be clear in your head to see through the dive. And knowing that you have that clarity is going to be allow you to have an issue and work through it rather than already starting off out of control, having an issue and then perishing from it like what's going to happen here right right yeah the the lack of breathing the impeded breathing i should say really doesn't help the mental state just makes things worse so yeah the overweight you can see this is the snowball isn't it so a you're you're complacent in your preparation in your pre-dive then you're overweighted be you know and and now, because you're overweighted, you have to inflate your BCD all the way, which constricts your breathing and impedes the the CO two elimination and oxygen uptake. Now you're you're starting that snowball. It's starting to take on a little bit of size for you. And let's not forget where this. Don't forget Ron. All, not, let's not yeah, forget Ron. Exactly. Let's not, let's not forget where this started. <laughs> it's about the arguing about Ron coming over. <laughs> Both Willa and Dave were winded on the surface, so neither wanted to wait to begin the dive. 
as soon as they reached the marker buoy, they both put their regulators in their mouths, gave a quick signal, and began releasing air from their BCDs. The accident! Willa exhaled as she began her descent. Between that and the extra weight she was carrying, she dropped to the bottom like a rock. So I, I just also want to point this out. So, so there she is, completely full BCD, right? And she's at the surface. She's ready to go down. So she lifts up her inflator, depresses the exhaust, and exhales. Now, I want you to remember that now she's exhaling out of her lungs. She has no gas to put it back into her BCD. And that her valve's off, so she can't inflate her BCD. Just for for the uh, listeners. Yeah. And overweighted. And she's sinking like a stone. Isn't that the title of this? Is that the title of the Sinking like a stone. There you go. And poor visibility. And underwater (laughs) surge caused the divers to lose sight of each other immediately. Willa hit the sand in 13 feet of water. Poof. He continued his dive and surfaced 40 minutes later with a full collection bag. And he didn't even think about Willa. Ah, Willa. Not once. Not once in 40 minutes, right? Wow. So, I mean, I mean, how many, I mean, again, here's another dive story that you hear so often is the separation of a team and the assumption yeah. that we'll get back together at some point, the yeah. assumption that they'll be on the boat, the assumption that they're somewhere near me thinking the same thing and everything will be fine. I have a buddy. They're around here somewhere. I don't exactly know where they're at. Right. But they got to be right here and they got to be fine because we're always right here and we're always fine. So, I mean, I think of this dive and I look at some of the dives that we've done or have done with people, we've done with other people. And you go in as teams of divers, right? You can't go in as a, say, you have six people diving. You can't really go in as a six person group and especially in low vis water. It, that's not practical. It's not smart. It's, it's just not going to happen. So, I mean, James, the only reason I'm going this way is how do you handle a dive like this for our our listeners? Well, that's a good point. um, I think there's a difference with six people going diving Mm -hmm. and all sticking together, even in bad visibility and all coming out and having a good dive where six divers went in and did a dive together. Like you and I have been on numerous times uh, up here, even in bad vis and in, in local little lakes in the middle of the summer. But we didn't go into the water thinking we were just a big old team of six. Right. That's where I'm going is you have to have, okay, we are three teams of two, which is a lot easier to manage. And you have to have the contingency in place where, listen, you're, you're going to stay with your partner. You might not be in the full six-man group. Yeah, and, and you're underwater. So there's a there's a part of the dive specifically at the beginning where your awareness of each other has to be hypercritical. I mean, if there's, if there's a point in the dive where somebody might drown, I would say that that is going to be right at the very, very, very beginning of the dive for a situation Mm -hmm. exactly like this. So my awareness is peaked because somebody might not have turned on a valve. Somebody might've turned off a valve 
thinking they turned on a valve. Right. Somebody might have a valve just cracked on so that the pressure gauge is showing, right. but at depth, they're not going to get a full... So I'm hyper-aware yeah. at these points because I think it's the most critical. Ten minutes into the dive... You can relax. I, I don't have to be so concerned that somebody's going to just run out of gas. Right. That's pretty unlikely. That's also... That, oh, go ahead, James. And then, and then again, at the very end of the dive where we've consumed a good portion of the gas, mm -hmm. I'm aware again of really knowing where my buddy's gas level is to make sure that we are within that minimum that we've talked about. Exactly. I, I was going to just point out, though, too, that's the instructor in you as well. I mean, a lot of that has been... Sure, you know, sure. You know, kind of, it's in your blood. You've been doing it for so long, and you're constantly aware of all the divers in the water that are under your care and supervision. So you you are again hyper vigilant in the the beginning, you know. Especially, it's just like flying a plane. the The most critical times are the takeoff and landing. Yeah, but but uh, but every but I don't I don't think that's too much to ask. No, no. Of, of a new diver, of of I mean, they, that's what they should be aware of. It's right. Like, hey, here at the beginning, we've got to make sure. And then you get into this situation where I get to the bottom to start my dive, and I've already broken my my couple of my early rules you know <laughs> rule one two three yeah. like okay now i'm in the water i don't have a buddy right all right let's correct it right now versus yeah, here right if we get back to the story so dave realizes willa hadn't finished her dive yet as he surfaces 40 minutes later how many lobster did he and, have and yet enough and for ron yet, well, that's his problem. That's why he finally went back to look. He's like, where the hell is Willa's bag? Because I'm not going to have enough for Ron if she doesn't bring up a full bag, too. Exactly. Uh, but, he, but he still wasn't concerned. Yeah. I, Waiting I, on the beach. 15 minutes had passed before Dave began to get nervous. The dive depth was shallow, so he wasn't concerned about Willa running out of air. But neither of them normally took that long to catch lobster. Another 15 minutes passed. Before Dave called for help, and a search for Willa began. If she lives, if she lived, I don't know the end of the story, folks. So, if she lived, he's never going to live this one down. He might not. If she lived, he might not. Not after this. You waited a half hour? After a 40-minute dive, you never saw me? What the hell, Dave? Yeah, that's rough. It's rough. But, I. so, I mean, tell me this isn't a common thing, though, that... Nobody wants to believe a, a fate like this. Right. It can't happen to so me. So you're going to make up stories in your head of, she's fine. Don't get concerned. Right. Everything's going to be all right. It can't happen to me. I'm just can't happen to us. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. Whereas I'm probably the opposite of that. I, I envision everything happening to me. Every bad thing I've ever heard. Well, right. Like I, so, I, if I was yeah. in this situation, I, I tell you what, I would have zero lobster in my collection bag and i'd be pissed off mm -hmm. that somebody just did a 40 minute dive knowing that i was nowhere around mm -hmm. and they just kept going and going and doing the dive and you let, know what i'm saying yeah let me ask you this like, though too Do i'd be I'd, I'd be back to the surface go waiting and waiting and waiting yeah. like what the hell like where's my buddy at they never just down doing the dive i'd find the bubble trail mm -hmm. i'd go down Crash on top of them, look them in the eye. 
<laughs> flip them off. I'm like, what the hell? I've been up there waiting. Yeah. But here's the thing. I believe that this isn't the first time that something like this has happened between old Dave and Willa. That would be my assumption is, is that this happens. I'll go, uh, you know, I go do my dive. We know it's low vis. We're going to be separated. And our bar, you know, we've done it once before. Yeah, so yeah. our bar yep. is set at, this is common procedure. There you go. Right. The, the, the poor visibility collection, just assuming everything's going to be okay for each other has become such a standard operating procedure for their dive like this when they go get the lobster that you don't think twice. Yeah, we're going to go down. Uh, I'm going to do my dive. She's going to do hers. We're going to fill up her bags. We'll meet back on the beach. Right. The recovery divers found her body on the seafloor an hour and a half later, just 13 feet below the surface. The investigation concluded that Willa's air had never been turned on. The medical examiner ruled her death a drowning due to insufficient air. So, of you know, there's so many things. You, you look at it and you go, why didn't she drop her weights? What happened there? Just, I mean, in hindsight, do you think panic set in? Do you think the CO2 had something to do with it? I mean, there's a lot of assumptions you can look at. Obviously, you know, we look at the behavior prior to the dive, the behavior pattern of the dive readiness and staying with your buddy, that's definitely at the core of why this happened. But why wasn't it remedied underwater? Well, there's certainly going to be an issue of panic that's going to take over right. mentally. And when that occurs, you you are very unlikely that you're going to go back to your basics decisions of of, <laughs> right. of of yeah right i mean once that panic hits your thinking process is gone right and falling and sinking and realizing that you can't breathe and you can't come up yeah falling to panic because you don't have a a sound procedure mm-hmm. right other than eh, we just always go down and do our dive and come up and have our lobster party right that's tough one. Yeah, and something as simple as you did not turn your valve on. Uh, and then, you know, panic set in, and you're lying on the bottom. It doesn't, doesn't even occur to you to uh, release your weights. Many longtime divers will tell you, if you haven't forgotten something on a dive, you aren't diving enough. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Getting agree. distracted and... Forgetting to put your weights on or turn your air on before jumping into the water is inevitable. Right. Willa's is not the first accident that began when a diver started descending with their air turned off. Many experienced divers think the idea of a buddy check before a dive is something for newbies or someone less experienced. That overconfidence is where the problems come in. Right. If Willa and Dave had simply taken 30 seconds to do a quick gear check, Willa would have realized her air was off and everything would have been fine. Agreed. Yeah, having, having that routine that no matter what the condition, there's a couple of things that we absolutely have to confirm. Right? And being that you're underwater 
and breathing underwater, you have to have gas. So you have to have 100% confidence on every single dive you do, no matter how <laughs> routine that dive is, that all of your gas is deliverable. Yeah, you don't even jump into the pool with your gas off, really, right? So much less any open water dive. Yeah, and yeah. it's and when I say 100% confidence, I don't mean that my buddy checked it, I trusted the dive master right. to check it. Like I know for sure, 100% positive, all of my gas is on and operating. Right. And that I can get to it. And then I'm also confirming in the water that I have a way of donating gas in case you, my buddy, has a situation. Right. Right. So I'm not going to wait for you to have a situation to find out that I screwed up hooking up that system, that mm -hmm. it's tangled, that it's caught, it's undeployable. Right. I'm going to confirm right at the beginning of the dive that all of that works so right. that if somewhere on the dive we do get to that point, I know without question that it's all taken care of. Right. And that doesn't matter if it's a, a dive to 200 feet or a dive to 22 feet. It doesn't matter if it's a dive that I'm doing for the very first time, so I'm hyper alert of all that, or a dive that you and I have done hundreds of times mm -hmm. together. Right. Yeah, the checking of the gas is, is crucial. And, you know, I, I think about just what you just said. It's easy to say, okay, I checked my gas, especially in the twins, right? You take your primary rag, breathe off, you know, purge it, and then breathe off of it, and you... And some people might stop right there, not having their, their left post turned on. And they go to they donate, they go to their necklace, and it's not on. You have to go through the full check is what I'm getting at, just like you said, just, right. to, just to emphasize that. You, you take your rags, you purge them, you breathe from them. You make sure they breathe easily like they're supposed to. They're not free-flowing. They all work. Put a couple puffs in your... You know, a couple squirts in your BCD to make sure that works. Make sure your dry suit's working. So you've got yeah. gas is what I'm getting at. You actually right. check it. You don't just turn it on and go, okay, it'll work. Yeah. That, I mean, that left post is a common one. Right? Yes. As, as that, you know, the dive master who's unaware of the doubles manifold mm -hmm. and turns that right post all the way back to make sure it's open and turns the left post all the way back to make sure it's all right. the way open is actually closing it down. Right. Right, so you, because it's happening behind you, have no clue. Yeah, especially a dive master unfamiliar with twins. Yeah, right, how yeah. they work. But yeah, you're exactly right. I mean that uh, that S drill, that valve drill, the modified S and the modified valve pre dive on the boats, whatever, whatever you happen to be going through, at least it's part of your pre dive check before you submerge. The next question is. Why didn't she simply swim to the surface, turn on her air, and continue the dive? Well, because she's got 20 pounds extra on. Again, try swimming up 20 extra pounds. We don't know exactly what happened in those moments after Willa began her descent, but it is reasonable to assume that panic played a major role in the accident. Mm -hmm. Willa was carrying too much weight. She had a hard surface swim to the dive site, and she was winded when she began her descent. When she hit the sand without any air, she was unable to inflate her BC and get her buoyancy under control to counteract the additional lead she was carrying. Out of air, overweighted, and out of breath, panic likely 
set in almost immediately. Agreed. Agreed. That CO2 buildup and the mental uh, results, the psychological results of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the CO2 is bad. The, the frightening situation is bad. Those two together mm-hmm. are just going to exacerbate the panic. Right. That, you know, again, I'd like to reiterate all the time because I don't know if everyone knows, but CO2 is the impetus to breathe. So as CO2 increases in your blood, and, and to be specific, the partial pressure of the CO2 increases in your blood, which going down to 13 feet still would have increased it. The partial pressure is what drives your urge to breathe. So if she had the urge to breathe at the surface, going down even to 13 feet with that CO2 being pushed up, that partial pressure being pushed up, she's going to even have a greater urge greater, to breathe. Yeah. So if you've ever had that suffocating feeling, you know, I just want you to picture or, or kind of imagine that's what she's going through. And course she sunk like a stone we don't did she even get her ears cleared you know a lot of things are going on there it's yeah tragic yeah it is possible willa made it back to the surface but being unable to inflate her bc she would have struggled before sinking back below the water a common mistake panic divers make is forgetting to jettison their weights jettison either on the jettison jettison. i like that like either on the bottom or struggling on the surface to stay afloat Mm -hmm. A quick release of her weight belt or pulling out her integrated weight pockets would have made her instantly buoyant and had her floating on the surface. Right. Of course, she could have orally inflated her BCD on the surface, but that didn't happen. No, but trying to orally inflate when you're 20 pounds overweight, you're trying to kick. I mean, we teach this in open water, but I'm going to bet she never practiced it ever. I mean, I would lay money on that, as most people don't. Yeah, I mean that's uh, definitely an assumption, but it's it's. I don't think it's yeah far off no. at all. Panic is a frequent topic in this column, and I think it's a frequent topic also on our show, right? Right. One definition for panic from Oxford Dictionaries is sudden, uncontrollable fear or anxiety often causing wildly unthinking behavior. When panic strikes, rational thought and the ability to think through a problem goes out the window. Right. Panic divers forget how to handle an emergency. Right. It goes back to the word that you you use that I really like is that clarity. You lose clear. Panic is a loss of clarity. You, You can't see, you know, visualize what's going on. You can't. Yeah, that's what... Yeah, no kidding. Like, I mean, even if, uh, you know, Dave was there holding a checklist right in front of her to look at and read of of the things to do, once the panic sets in, you're going to be so tunnel visioned into the panic that Mm -hmm. you're not going to even see. Exactly. I mean, we've seen panic divers, seen it. They're not thinking clear. They're... You can talk to them. They might even answer you and just nod their head to say yes, but you have to physically stop them and say, yeah, yeah. let's get our breath. Let's get our mind clear. Let's lose our fear because it's normal to be nervous on those beginning open water dives, right? It's yeah, absolutely not normal to have an uncontrolled fear. 
that that base level of panic. Right, because there's something wrong there. Right, you're not you're not thinking, and that's a that's a very bad place to be. It's a scary place to be. I mean, I've, I've seen people in the water that are going through a panic like that in shallow water, mm-hmm. uh, where you're. I'm standing up, telling yes somebody, <laughs> whoa, calm down, just stand up, right? But because you're in the water, because you that panic is hit, yeah. right? You've lost the vision. You've lost the clarity. All you have is a is a, a fight for your life. Right. Then you see that again. You see this in open water divers a lot. And I I go back immediately to you know as we are visualizing what's going on with her. But open water students, especially, it was a big pet peeve of mine, and, and something I really emphasize. Besides the you know you don't need a mask to breathe. But when you're on the surface, I don't want to see your legs kicking ever. Ever, I just don't want you to kick ever because that seemed to be a thing where they would forget that they can inflate their BCD. They forget right, that yeah. they can relax on the surface, get your breath, get your clarity, get your mind straight. So they would always be, you know, you're up there to talk to them, tell you know, give them feedback on what we're doing. Their head, they got their chin pulled up and they're trying to keep their nose and mouth out of the water and they're kicking like a mother. And you're going, hey, put a couple squirts in there. Yeah, and this is a sign. This is a telltale sign of inexperience. Right. It's a telltale right. sign. They're not thinking at all. They're not thinking because they're not doing it enough. Mm-hmm. They don't have – I mean, you're never going to see somebody with lots of experience diving, like working and struggling just to stay on the surface. Right. That's not the sign of an experienced diver. Exactly. Right. You're – Right, you're not going to see an experienced diver that doesn't want to go through the motions because it's too difficult to reach a valve to confirm that it's open. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's a sign of an inexperienced diver. They don't do those practicing things mm-hmm. because they're not comfortable with it because they're not doing enough of it, so they blow it off. It's a it's a downward spiral of of neglect. Agreed. Agreed. You lose the muscle memory. Yeah, it needs to be. Again, we go back to. It should be overtaught in Open Water 101, the importance and the, and the muscle memory. The only way to counteract panic situations is to practice emergency drills to the point that they become second nature. There you go. If you haven't practiced releasing your weights or clearing your mask or any other emergency skill since you completed your Open Water Diver course... It has been too long, Eric says in this story. Wow, Eric's saying it. I hope I hope the people listening that call us the the dive Nazis and whatnot are like, whoa, maybe maybe they're not so much dive Nazis because I know we get a lot of grief for, I guess, the discipline we require or ask of our students, the overlearning that we instill in them. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah, I absolutely know what you're saying because you, I, I've heard about it for years that you expect too much. Yeah. But it's a situation like this. Like I would be horrified to find out that a student of mine mm-hmm. had this – like a story like this was written about a student of mine. Right. That's a that's an internal loathing fear that I, that I have. Yeah. Which is why I, I teach – the way, the way I do, teach, right. yeah. At the end of the day, and I say this all the time, I say this about everything, especially in my kids. At the end of the day, you got to look in the mirror. you got to live with yourself. Did you do what you, you know, are you 
are you responsible for that person's death, at least in some part, as an instructor? Because you went and checked it off. You said they had mastery over dropping the weight belt. Are you responsible? Because mass, you know, we had this discussion the other day. You actually, you James, because I was right. I wasn't I there. Was, I, I, I know only exactly what you're talking about. I was, yeah. This was just on the tip of my tongue right now. I was waiting for you to finish. But yeah. go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, you can argue all you want about standards. We have minimum standards. We don't need to change this. But there's a problem in the dive industry that those minimum standards and the interpretation of the word mastery. Is very vague and it's and it's not uniform. It's not throughout, you know, standard throughout the industry. It's just a word. Now, my idea of mastery, I know, and your idea of mastery, we're very close, if not exactly the same, on the what we think mastery is, and it's not the same as what that one hundred and ten or one hundred and twenty dive instructor believes is mastery. I promise you. Correct, because that instructor who only has 100 dives also thinks that somebody can be called an advanced diver with nine, nine dives. Exactly. And, and that's the discussion that we were having, right? And that advanced diver with only nine dives can take five years off of diving and get right back onto a dive boat as an advanced diver, still with nine dives. And that's not an advanced diver, despite what the card says. It's barely a diver. Correct. I don't. As a matter of fact, you you can scuba dive. You're certified to scuba dive. You're not a diver. Exactly. That's the difference between being a diver and having a dive certification. Thank you. Two huge differences, in my opinion. Dive accidents are rare, but they don't happen only in deep water or in caves, and they don't happen only to people who do things they aren't supposed to do. Under certain circumstances, accidents can happen in shallow water on what should be an easy dive. All it takes is not paying attention to the details, forgetting to do a basic check, and beginning a dive without being ready. Agreed. All the things we've been talking about. Yeah. So, uh, again, uh, like in all these lessons for life that are so good, um, Eric Douglas in scuba diving magazine, scuba diving.com. You can look these up. There's a ton of great stories here. Uh, he closes out with three lessons for life. And the first one is practice emergency drills regularly. Agreed. Uh, I mean, in, in cave diving world, again, I know not everybody's a cave diver, but there are many practices that are pretty standard that could be, crossed over to regular recreational, just toned down a little bit. For example, right, yeah. the pre-dive S-drill, the valve drill. These are pre-dive checks that you do prior to diving every dive. Every dive. Like you, we, like you and I both learned it in a, in a situation of because we wanted to go cave diving, and it makes so much sense there. It, it boggles my mind that that has not integrated with diving in general. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. It, it, I don't get it. I mean, in our diving, in the in the agencies we've taught for, not it's the mainstream. Yeah, it's SOP. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, a, it's a standard. It's like, do you put your fins on? Well, of course I put my fins on. Right. Do you put your mask on if you're going to go diving? Well, of course I put my mask on. 
do you physically make sure every single valve that you are going to use is completely fully open and hundred percent sure yourself? Mm-hmm. Of course I do. Right. You know, it's the simple things like that. And that's been overtrained in us. Not only was it overtrained in the courses we took and the instructor courses, but it was overtrained in the sense of you will do this prior to every single dive. Yeah. Right. I don't know. It's easy to sit here again, you know, where I was hindsight and we can say you could have done this and you should have done this. But, but I mean, I guess the whole point of going through all these things is there are ways to, to avoid this kind of, uh, result (laughs) right yeah remove and replace your weights in the water stretch out a cramp practice air sharing skills and flood and clear your mask these are all skills that can save your life and for divers who've been diving for multiple years that the last time that they did any diving where they went through skills yeah was years ago yeah boy you're, you're setting yourself up for a bad day in the future Agreed. It should, I mean, like when you're doing just simple little quarry dives, you should reserve a little bit of time for practicing. Do a no mask swim. Yeah. that That's a great one. I, you know, I, I'm a big proponent of the no mask thing because you look at incidents, a lot of that snowball starts with either a mask flooding or a mask being kicked off or losing it. And then the panic sets in because now they got to breathe differently. They're not used to breathing without a mask. They only, they've only done it in basic open water, or maybe if they had a halfway decent advanced instructor, they did it there too, but that's it. Otherwise they don't do it. They don't take their mask off and breathe. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Number two, perform a buddy check. It only takes a few seconds before you get in the water, but it could save you a lot of headache afterward. Yeah, and try to, I think, you know, try to find something wrong with your buddy so you can, you can, you know, rip on him a little bit. <laughs> You're looking for the things hanging off of them. That's where we're, why we have rule six, right? Thank you. Yeah. It's not Listen, a, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Jason. No matter how good of a diver you are and how experienced of a diver you are, there will be a time where you forget to hook up your pressure gauge to a D-ring and it's dangling. Uh, you will reach in to double check that you put your uh, marker bag in your pocket mm-hmm. and stuff it in, but it, you know, something else is hanging out. You don't realize it. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. But doing those checks and having that awareness of your buddy in the water to make sure that you are adhering to rule six, looking clean, looking good, that's really what you're doing to make sure that you've got your shit together. Right. It's an extended gear check it's an extended buddy check it's like that not, not only have you checked it but now you're you're going through and your buddy's looking at you looking for your quote-unquote mistakes and how you look shit hanging off of you shit you forgot you know etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah something may happen right that's just inevitable mm-hmm. doing the whole dive and not correcting it that's where the problem is right. Never even having the thought to check and see if a valve was or wasn't on or a long hose or octopus or whatever you're using for an alternate air source. I mean, use what you want. Go ahead. I don't care. But check it. (laughs) Check it and make sure that it is deployable and works. And when you need it, it, it's going to function. Like to not address that and just assume that everything's okay. That's where the issues fall. Number three. 
Don't dive overweighted. Perform a buoyancy check when you get in the water. If you feel you need an extra pound or two to stay down, that's fine. But if you have to fully inflate your BCD to stay on the surface, you're carrying too much weight. You might be overweighted if. <laughs> yeah, my terrible Jeff Foxworthy impression. But that goes to rule two, you know. You're in control of your buoyancy. If you are overweighted, you can't be in control of your buoyancy at all times. If you're severely overweighted. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I've seen people drop their BCDs in the water. And right, to get <laughs> fully inflated. Yeah. And they sink yes. to the bottom. The OP valve starts going. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah. Right. You might you might want to have a, uh, a a sit down yeah. and uh, talk with somebody about waiting and if proper you, equipment. And if you and need if that much case. weight, if you need that much weight, you need to be a bigger BCD or there's there's an issue. There's or there's an issue. Right. Something's going on. Yeah. Right. Well, hey, everybody. What are your six rules for scuba diving? Send us your six rules. Never. No, wait. Always carry a litter bag in your car. That's rule. Okay, seven. everybody. That was, a, that was a fun dive. Let's uh, do I sign these logbooks. Sure. Uh, nice lobster dive. Let's not tell Ron. Heidi's good to go. Dive safe. Do you have a couple of pounds I could use? <laughs> I want to stay down on this dive. I've got eight pounds of brine shrimp you can borrow. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. We'll see you guys next week. Safe diving, folks.